<laughs> so, Dale. So I'm I'm Scott. You know that that that's Fabian, the burly hairy guy over there. That's Fabian, burly hairy and the, guy. The less yeah. burly, less hairy guy. Oh is gosh, Jamie. guy. <laughs> okay, guy. Like what is happening? Uh, I'm Jamie, is, and this is Jamie. They are both really fun. We will have a lot of fun together. Our Tribe, a podcast about teaching and supporting each other in our common profession with Fabian Hoffman, Jamie Halsey, and Scott Kazarian. Hey everybody, welcome to Finding Our Tribe. We're excited to be back again. Uh, We attempted not to have anything funny happen before podcast, so uh, we've jumped right in, hopefully, to uh, avoid all the funny stuff that we talk about pre-podcast. Uh, but uh, I'm excited. I don't know if you guys are. Jamie, Fabian, you guys excited? Of course. I'm yeah. very excited. So we have a guest on, and uh, I, we, I know this guest. So I rarely, rarely, let's just say never, have had a guest you, that I've brought You never show. know anyone. I, don't, I really don't. It's, it's really... <laughs> But yeah. then, so, then you go and I'm you excited. go and win a Disney. Something award happened, and I, yeah. and the world is your oyster. <laughs> and so we have a guest on today. Very excited. He's the first of probably many of our teachers that will come on. But we are, <clears throat> excuse me, we are all wow. Disney award so, winners. So I'm excited to introduce Dale Hoggett. Is that I said? Did I say that? Okay. You said that fine. Yes. I know. And you know how I said that fine is I actually Googled you and there was a whole section on how to pronounce your name, which was fantastic. That was really helpful. Uh, so, Dale, I yeah. met you at at uh, Disney World in Florida when we won that award. Uh, <laughs> but um, OK, can we can we limit the amount of times that this is going can. to come I gotta up? I got to get this out of my system. But okay. right. one of the things that they didn't do <laughs> is help us to get to know each other very well. We didn't get to spend much time. Uh, we spent a little time talking to each other in the in-betweens and meal times, but they didn't like tell us about each other. I mean, we barely even got a group picture right at the end there. So uh, it's really exciting for me and for us to have you on and just hear from you so we kind of do it uh, Fabian you kind of run the show on this puppy you want to kind of do the questions sure I can do that it's up to you or do, do you I have to mention that you guys are Disney award winners like nope. with every question <laughs> is, does that I don't Scott, know Dale, Scott will insert it somewhere or another just assume it's okay it's right. in yeah. there without it's you just, even saying I think it. we I think we all right, okay, enough all right. though yeah all right. So usually when we have guests on, the way we start out is um, before we like dive into like very like random things, it's we have like three set questions and um, we always ask the same ones because uh, that kind of stemmed from um, me when I go to uh, conferences and stuff. I kind of I'm interested in why people do the things that they do. Like, why would you choose um, the the profession that you're in? And so the first question is usually, uh, what what is your origin story? Like, how did you get into teaching? Why why do you teach? What's your why? And uh, and what you're doing now? Because you didn't we didn't talk yeah. about like where you're from or what grade you teach. Right. If you've won any awards recently, fun. things like that. Yeah, yes, <laughs> any awards that, that we'll probably save that to the end, huh? <laughs> okay, we'll keep them guessing. Yeah, I'm I'm interested. I don't I don't know what kind of awards. Are on the horizon here. Well, I can tell you, I I, I just finished my thirty second year of teaching. 
wow, wow. Uh, this is my retirement year. So that that was it. Holy moly. <laughs> so, Holy wow. End on a high way, note. That's awesome. That was a great way to spend the last two days of school was to take them off and go to Disney with 49 amazing people. That one of the one of those was me. In case we're wondering, uh, so that's that's amazing. So what? Let's do this then. What do you? Te- what did you teach this year? What do you have you taught recently? Right. And then Fabian's big question, all of our question is like, how did you get into teaching? How did you end up here doing what you're doing? I, I'm pretty sure he heard the question. You don't have I don't to. I'm just yeah. kind of bringing us back. Transition, man. Okay. All right. right. <laughs> I, I, how long do you have? My story is long. I can. Uh, I can start with uh, saying that I never intended to be a teacher. Never wanted to be a teacher. Same. Uh, Me too. You know, uh, me neither thing that kind of fell in my lap. I was, uh, I was working at a place that wanted to be, wanted to be Disney world for, uh, for uh, Oklahoma. I was in Oklahoma city, that area. And they, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, I, I, was on the ground floor of that and started a program with uh, making doing field trips in the in the area. We had some native animals. We had uh, we had hay rides, we had bonfires, we had a, a grist mill and stuff like that. And so I set up a field trip, mm-hmm. and all of the kids would come out, and they would be uh, they would go through our program and be educational and entertaining. And I figured out I was pretty good at that. Unfortunately, it was the 1980s and the banks were going uh, under and they they called our loan and we didn't have the million or two million dollars to pay them. So the place went out mm-hmm. of business uh, mm. and I had to do something else. And after working in a furniture warehouse for about three weeks, I decided I was pretty good with those kids out there. I might as well. I could go back to school for a year, get my elementary certification. I'd already gotten my secondary mm-hmm. certification and never wanted to do that. But as long as I was taking electives, I wanted to get something for my electives. And so a year at uh, back in school to get elementary, and then I got a job teaching fifth grade uh, for about two weeks. Got prog- uh, got uh, reassigned to a second grade position in another school in inner city Oklahoma City. And it was kind of uh, mm-hmm. foreboding uh, and uh, moved <laughs> over to a, a new school. Uh, and taught there for five years. Uh, we had a bomb that went off in Oklahoma City. Don't know if you've heard. Nineteen. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. About, oh yeah. About four and a half miles from our school. We did. <gasps> oh my gosh! Wow. The principal was gone that day. They were all in a, in meetings, and of course, and I was the lead teacher, so I got to do the whole uh, red alert lockdown uh, oh. situation. Uh, oh my gosh. To, uh, teachers, calming teachers, uh, allowing parents to come in to get their kids and, uh, you know, uh, keeping it from the kids until we knew what was going on and doing all of that. Mm-hmm. That was also the year that my wife got a job in Joplin, Missouri. And so we were in transition that year. She was already living in Joplin. And oh, wow. so she wasn't there to, to see all of the drama. Uh, but mm-hmm. the school year ended after I had counseled kids through that and they'd gone to memorials and programs and things like that. I went to, uh, came up to Joplin, uh, called the schools, got an interview. Uh, during my interview the next day, uh, during the interview, I, there was a tornado warning. And 
Oh my god. That was a fun little warning. Uh, <laughs> I guess I was. Oh. The principal said, uh, "Don't call anybody else. We want you here." And I've been there for 27 years. Taught fourth grade for 27 wow. in classroom, same school, and so uh, been there longer than anyone else. When was the big wow. tornado in Joplin? Oh, was, that was that was a little thing. Yeah, uh, that was 11 years ago, 2011. Uh, we ago. had a five tornado came through and uh, killed some of our friends and neighbors and people's family. Yeah. Oh, uh, a third of the a third of the town with it. Uh, so yeah. Wow. Uh, wow. And you'd already been there for like 20 years. So you were like pretty established at that point. It worked. Uh, I worked in the relief program uh, with the church and I taught summer school that year. They did go ahead and have summer school. And then our school mm-hmm. was the only one that was severely damaged, but we still reopened in August on time. Uh, wow. Schools were destroyed. Of course, the high school was destroyed. Uh, a lot of craziness that year. Uh, and, uh, but I yeah. tell you the very next year was my, probably my best year. Uh, I know the Latin, the next two years were my best two years of teaching my favorite two years. What's that? Yeah. Tell us why. Well, that's mm-hmm. a good question. I'm not sure why. I don't know if the kids were just, uh, they needed the, the break from seeing mm-hmm. just the devastation, destruction and, and everything, uh, we still had, uh, most of our kids came back. Uh, uh, some had moved away, at, or at least temporarily, while their houses were being rebuilt. Uh, I had one student who still had shrapnel in his head, uh, and he lost mm. his mother oh in the thing. Uh, so, yeah, we had a, it, it was just, it was really a, I don't want to say enjoyable year. Uh, the same thing with the, the, the bombing in Oklahoma City. Those those two years stick out with me as some very uh, rewarding years because I mm-hmm. to calmly counsel kids through issues and, uh, and parents as well uh, and teachers and try to be that positive influence. Well, not only that, yeah. you were like a, you were the normal thing, right? You brought that normalcy, that routine, um, you know, everything else was upended, but school was the same. And that probably for you too, is probably very healing as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I know, uh, when, uh, when nine 11 happened, you know, I had been through Oklahoma city already. And so I was able to use mm-hmm. experience and, uh, to, to help with, with my peers as well. And so that was, I, I felt like I was important. Yeah. yeah. Well, you were. You were needed at the time. Mm-hmm. The mo- the moment Absolutely, needed you. Yeah. yeah. I imagine same for COVID wow. too. Yeah. Helping people during during COVID and just kind of being able to heal through that too. I imagine yeah, that's COVID, been a big part of the last COVID was really different for us. We you know, we missed that initial quarter, that, that last quarter of the year. But mm-hmm. then they went ahead and we had summer school in person. We had uh, we started school in person the next year. And really, not much was, mm-hmm. but but it was one of those situations where uh, social distancing was in place, masking was in place, and things like that. But uh, while I was teaching, I was yeah. able to take the mask off. Kids were able to take the mask off in the classroom and stuff like that. And you know, the principal said, "This mm-hmm. is this is just made for you because I, I'm an introvert anyway." And it was, it was kind of 
be able to <laughs> open my door. Nobody wanted to come in because they were scared of COVID, and and I could just do my thing. For me. Yeah. Wow. So, <clears throat> sorry. Um. So um. It, I know it's so a lot, right? I didn't tell them about this. Yeah, but it's a lot. It's heavy. This is like <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot to unpack here. So. <laughs> So let me, uh, I just have a couple of questions about your, your COVID experience, because for, for us, like all of us, we were kind of like stuck at home um, while we were teaching. And you said that you went right back to school. You, you missed like the last quarter in 2020, I'm guessing, right? That's what you said. Running back to summer school. Um, so did you notice, like, especially for us, or um, I think Scott and, and Jamie can agree with that, like that our students... Um, th their behaviors are very, very different um, <laughs> delayed, socially. Maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. And it feels like, yeah, it feels like they are socially kind of stunted in a way. They're kind of, because they didn't have the exposure because they, they just were at home. Do you feel like that was the same for you? Is this maybe trauma more than anything? Or do you think that that is because it's different for you because they, they didn't stay at home and, and they just acted like normal like well, fourth or fifth grade fourth no grade and i heard you talking about that on a previous podcast and and I, I i just thought how how closely that hit to home this last year uh after mm -hmm. covid the 2020 2021 school year that's probably one of my top three years it was it was amazing mm, in okay. class they were so into anything i wanted to present to them i could take them places yeah. that I couldn't take, you know, some other classes. And I mean, they were amazing. I had this great sassy group of girls that, that could take <laughs> thing and I could tease back and I had, you know, guys that would fall in line with the girls and, and do all of that. But this last year was different. Uh, and uh, it okay. exactly like what you've described. It was, uh, there is an Im immaturity to the group. They were probably, Mm -hmm. probably the lowest as a group and not everybody, but as a group, it just appeared to be uh, a very low academic uh, ability mm -hmm. to the group. And, and so, yeah, this year was different. It was, it was definitely different, but I can say that it, they've been yeah. at every year coming up to us every year. It's like, this is the group. This is the group. The teachers are telling us coming up and, uh, and, and but but there are other factors involved too because when these mm -hmm. born yeah. was the tornado year for us. yeah so mm -hmm. last year's group was the kids that were already basically already born when the tornado hit this year these are the kids that were born during or following the tornado I don't mm -hmm. know if that had anything to do with it as well I I, I don't know how you would research something like that to to figure yeah, yeah. I, I, yes none of us know how to research something like that <laughs> well those I, I, <laughs> the, the parents had other to do that you know for the first two years of these kids lives and uh so some, yeah. something was different that's for sure interesting yeah wow and so when how do you it's like I, I just try to imagine like living at like teaching through all of this, like the, the, the tornado, the bombing, 9-11, like uh, I wasn't teaching during 9-11 um, and I was in Germany too. So it's like a very far removed from everything. But um, 
how do you feel like the um because you have gone through the the these different events as a teacher already that kind of like prepped you for covid for example or just you were more ready to to like deal with students in these kinds of situations do you think that that definitely helped you with i think it helped even in between there with uh all kinds of trauma that would happen in kids lives and um just just in being able to stay calm and say you know i've seen bad things happen and i know we can get through it because we've gotten through it before and and just trust me and the kids the kids seem to respond to that parents a little little harder to deal with adults than it is with the kids but but the kids are pretty resilient yeah and and i was able to help them with it yeah yeah, yeah. parents are the worst everywhere not just where you are <laughs> they're the worst everywhere but, <laughs> no, <just kidding. laughs> 11 when 11 hit we were kind of in a break uh time they had taken my kids to music or pe or something and uh uh, a mother came in and said, hey, have you seen the news? And we, we turned on the news. Of course, then we didn't have TVs everywhere like we did. We don't have Internet and stuff like that available in the rooms. And so we looked at it and I I got my kids and the, the guy next door to me, he got his kids. And we brought the kids back to the room and we we're sending them into the room in lines. And, and I looked at him and I said, I don't know if I can do this. This is uh, mm. I'm, I'm just having flashbacks to the last terror attack. And it, it's yeah too close it, it's very difficult so but you know picked myself up and went inside and we did fine we did fine yeah you find a way but there was a moment yeah. you know there's a moment where you just you stop and you, you can't function for just a little while but then you get up keep going yeah crazy wow i know i, I was uh, yeah i was so student teaching that year so when the the plane hit i was on my way to work and i heard it over the radio so it was hard it was hard going into work and getting yeah. through the day but i think it also helped me too just being there and being useful well and so. you, you yeah, mentioned yeah. it I, I i was student teaching in a high school and uh let's see when was that 1986 was it uh and that <laughs> the day, yeah, that's awesome. 1986. Uh, uh, that was a. There was one day when somebody came back and they said, "Have you seen the news?" One of the girls came back and they, we said, "No, you know, we've been in class. It was high school." And uh, she said, "Well, the the space shuttle Challenger exploded on takeoff." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. and we had a, a a different girl that same year. Her. Her boyfriend had an accident and wrapped himself around a barbed wire fence and, and was killed. And, oh, and, and so we deal with, as teachers, with all kinds of trauma, unexpected personal trauma, as well as these things, yeah. the entire nation. Uh, and, and we just, we're able to deal with it because of who we are, because we're in that position. I, I don't think we have much choice. Yeah. No, we really don't. And, you know, again, like we have that like pull. We just want to help kids and help them through it and help families. I think that's just the nature of the, you know, who we are as teachers, like you said. Yeah. And it's kind of like it, it kind of also shows like 
you you are the person that that the kids look to right they they look to you for guidance because you're standing there you're like the authority figure in the room mm -hmm. and they're like i have no idea what we're doing and, and you have to move on you can't just be like you know what i'm yeah. just gonna cry mm -hmm. over here for the next 15 days you just have to do it and um it doesn't matter like how well you do it or whatever but it's like you The, the fact that you're not just resigning and go like, you know, that's not for me, I think is, is really important for the kids. Well, and I um, the issue, and it's, the issue yeah. that we run into is uh, the people who, who take it and they internalize it so much, they're not able to separate themselves from the situation and it becomes mm -hmm. the teacher. You know, we've seen so many yeah. teachers that have had to, to step back or step away because they couldn't deal with it either. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's heavy. You see that COVID, a lot now. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I, how do we adjust that next question, Fabian of like, I don't know <laughs> what's I, I normally we ask like what's working in your classroom right now, but maybe a better question would be like, how have you engaged? Because clearly as a Disney award winner, like myself, how, like you engage students mm. very well. Wait a minute. How have you engaged? Like what have you found that's worked for these last years? That's kept you not only teaching, but like in the game where you're, you're engaging students in a way that's different from other teachers. How are, how have you been doing that? How, what's working or what has worked over these years? Well, that's a good question, too. I can answer that, I think. Uh, I've got a lot of answers to that. Uh, one of the things I do is I start on day one uh, setting myself up to be a celebrity. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, I, I have something called Believe It or Not, and, and I have some of it's on the website, on our class website. And, Scott, you may have discovered that. But it's called Believe It or Not. And it's just a list of all these amazing things about me. And uh, <laughs> I didn't do a deep dive. I did more of like a shallow end dive. So, no, I did not. So we uh, at the end of our school year, we have something called Fly Up Day. And we're, because we're the Eagles and we get to go down during the last week of school and we get to go find our kids for the next year. And so they've been oh. out and I'm able to bring them up for about 30 minutes and uh, give them a presentation at the end of the year. And they're all excited because they get to meet their new teacher. And of course, they've all wanted to get my class. And so they're they're all cheering and, and I'm already a celebrity. Uh, and then from there and then the first day of school, when they come back, I set up myself. I, I mean, I, I know it sounds like it, it's just a, a braggadocious you know, this guy <laughs> I, you know, he's just doing these things but it, it really to set them up and say hey you know what I have touched this in the past or I you know I tell them I've wrestled with a lion uh, I have you know <laughs> I've herded <laughs> buffalo on foot I, I had a raccoon for a I have just all kinds of weird things like that I'm a Disney award teacher winning teacher uh, and all Oh, All you of those Tell yeah. us more about yeah, that. That was something. That was just a month ago, if you can believe it or not. Uh, oh, and so they looked wow. up to me. And then I, I had an assistant principal who came in. It was, uh, I guess, two years ago, right after COVID. We got a, a new assistant principal. And he came in while I was while I was going through this list. And the kids were asking me questions. And, 
he's he's introducing himself to the to the classes and he's like so what are you doing in here you guys and and i said well i'm telling them how amazing their teacher is if you don't mind and i that was the first he, he rolled his eyes at me and i you know, pretty much left me alone after that <laughs> every time i saw him he just yeah but they really i think that's I, kids just wanted to from then on, you know, they would go home and they would brag about what their teacher was doing and how exciting it was. And it was a big storytelling uh, moment. So I got to tell all kinds of stories and be excited and, you know, big gestures and all of these things and really get their attention and, and got them engaged and hooked from day one with that. And so you sort of became so, like this tall tale, right? So then was it kind of like a game of telephone where you would tell them like a story and then it would end up getting embellished. So then by the time it gets to the kindergartners of that year, that you were like even bigger than before. They were pretty like 10, 10 lions instead of one, right? They're, yeah. No, <laughs> it was just one. It was one. It's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, they, uh, they got to where they could tell the stories pretty well. Every time we'd get a new student in the class, I'd have them tell the stories instead of me. And so they got able to tell the <laughs> oh, I love that. and do the brag. <laughs> it was almost like a high-powered get-to-know-you. So Because I think, oh, I show them pictures and tell them about my family and what I teach and why I teach. But I, I don't do like a Ripley's Believe It or Not. That would be pretty awesome. I'm I'm on your website right now and it is ridiculous. Like <laughs> I have so many questions <laughs> and I think that's exactly what what you're going for, right? It's like when when you send kids to your website. So maybe this like, is a better question than so, Yeah, to the next question. Let me ask you this then. Like what makes students so excited to already want to be in your class? Like Jamie, she teaches uh 4th grade and so the students go from 3rd grade. They're so excited to get into her class because of years of just the, the, uh, yeah, almost like the lore of her class. Like what has made students excited to be in your class? I think part of it is the setting of my class and they can look into the room and they can see just by looking through the door, they can see that things are different in here. Uh, they're not just going to get a bunch of anchor charts and uh, word walls and things like that in my room, but the room is set up. And I, I decided uh, in the past well, the past few years, past seven or eight years, that I would focus on history in my class. That would be my kind of my that I would hit on because nobody else is teaching history. Everybody's teaching the everybody's teaching math, but nobody's teaching history. And I felt like our country needed that as well as these kids would would respond to that because it's something they've never had before. And so the room has got mm -hmm. the bunting i've got the old the old uh, revolutionary flags i've got a big portrait of george washington up and and then i tell them about some experiences that i've had uh at mount vernon in virginia uh at fort ticonderoga in new york and uh you know, things like that and so i've been there i've done these things I've, I've stayed on the property and uh again it's just hyping everything and making them excited like i'm excited uh you know if yeah. the teachers are excited about something, then the students are too. And Absolutely. One of the projects that I've done for many years and just tweaked it uh, every single year, but from the very beginning, uh, moving to Joplin 27 years ago, uh, we set up Hoggett Cave. I decided, well, I'm moving to Missouri. 
Missouri is known as the cave state. And so we set up Hoggett Cave and we completely flip our classroom to make it into a cave. The kids crawl through an entrance to get in. Uh, we, we have class with flashlights. We have the stalactites, stalagmites, and, and, That's awesome. and, and we really, we really do it upright with, uh, with all kinds of, uh, you know, we, with the bats and the other critters in the cave. And then we take the third grade <laughs> through the cave and there are special effects. I've got the fog machine going, I've got a dripping sound. Oh, my God. oh wow! Is this for like one day or for like a whole semester? You know, it takes a while. It, it takes at least uh, probably about six weeks to set it all and everything. But the kids that makes sense if you're talking about all of the um, the animals and the you know just like the structure of the and cave and all of like those a, things. Kind of like a readers' theater type thing where the kids mm -hmm. sit in the dark. And when it's their turn, they turn on their flashlight and they give their part of the tour. <laughs> well, we do it enough that they they get to be able to do the whole tour by themselves if they want to. And the parents come in after school and they can go through it and the, the kid will do it all by themselves, all by himself. And so uh, wow. the third grade comes through. That's what they want to do. That's the big thing. Are we, you know, first day, are we going to do Hoggett Cave? Are we going to do yeah. Uh, and so I'm like, <laughs> That's awesome. but what you're talking about, this is the school. We don't, there's no cave here. What, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So That's amazing. Oh. Are you still yeah. there? I don't know if the audio oh, okay. cut off. So okay. how long right. does that cave last for? Like how long does it stay up? Uh, too long, actually. It gets to be in the way it gets, it, it's, mostly made out of butcher paper and but it does stay up i've had to take it down uh because we have a big craft show in december it just depends on when we do it during the year and we didn't get to do it covid year the 2020 mm. uh we i i put it up and the kids got to have class in the dark one day or two days and then uh i had to take it down but it wasn't something we couldn't take the third graders on tours uh, we couldn't have parents come through or anything like that. So, well, there's not a lot of good mm -hmm. airflow in caves. That no, makes a lot of sense. But we did it. And then this year, uh, like I said, it was uh, it was that class. It was that immature class. They weren't academically really great. And uh, but I had three new peers that I was training, uh, three new fourth grade teachers on my team because uh, there's four of us and three that had been you know these guys these ladies had been born in you know 98 <laughs> so they're they're, they're fresh right yeah. out of the box and i i thought you know i've got to do this just so they can see it and and see what the room transformation is all about and see how to do this and, yeah uh, so we did it at the you know toward the end of the year second semester and the kids ate it up they did great fantastic anything with a fog <laughs> machine would just be cool yeah <laughs> just yeah having that just a little fog yeah it's it's really coming handy through the years fabian has one of those diffusers that makes it smell like the redwoods and star wars or something mm -hmm. do you have like smells I try, in your yeah class? i try to have it like smell like disney attractions and uh because you, you can buy like the the smells of like uh parts of the caribbean or um soaring over california or soaring through the world or whatever and it's fun because it's like this this thing that they do notice it, but they don't. It's like subliminal kind of like and and so it's funny when when I, I change the smell, 
because we are on a different we are on a different planet. Um, they're like, oh, it smells different. So they they do notice it. It's really cool, and I love doing that kind of stuff too. Yeah, anything. I I, I think of my classroom as kind of my palette, my my piece of art, and so I. I yeah. try to think three dimensionally. What can hang from the ceilings? What what can go in the middle of the room, not just on the walls? And then uh, think like you think with with different senses. Can you smell something? We've done a forest before, and a you know pump in some pine scent and stuff. Mm-hmm. Talk about the so forest. What other uh, room transformations have you done? Is that something that you do regularly or is it kind of like the cave is like your big finale? The cave is a big one. Uh, we do some things with history and uh, because of that, sometimes the room transformation gets in the way because it's there for too long. This year, mm-hmm. uh, after many years of trying to get the school to do it, we did a school transformation. And oh, wow. It under the sea for the school. And I don't think anybody realized what this was going to do for the kids and stuff so uh and it was it was open-ended each grade level got to do something different and our grade level we didn't go with nemo or little mermaid we went with the titanic and so i I, (laughs) very cool and i have the vision but they have the ability to make it come to life and we had the the iceberg hanging on the ceiling had lights in the iceberg remote control lights uh made out of uh iceberg made out of uh milk cartons and then we had uh, a <laughs> down on the down below, and uh, you know put moss on it and all kinds of stuff and, and artifacts around and covered the ground with sand. Uh, oh wow! Ran of the custodians and uh, had, well, yeah, they loved you for that we one. Had a big <laughs> on there, we had waves up above, so you could see the ocean surface up above and. And then some of those Christmas lights that kind of swirl on your house, we put those in there. So mm-hmm. it kind of an ethereal effect covered up all the other lights. And then, of course, played the Titanic music uh, as people came through. Uh, and so they came through and our, our end was dark and blue and swirling. And it was just it was just awesome. And I, I think I've heard some of the teachers talking about that, what they're going to do uh, classroom transformations next year. They've they've already started planning. So, uh, in a way, I'm leaving a little bit of a legacy back behind. Sounds like it. I think in in a real way, like in a significant way, yeah. for sure. How cool Absolutely. to have the whole school sure. on the same page, and then have everyone, each team, do it differently. That would that's huge buy-in. That's a big buy-in. Yeah. Yeah. Really Think about it. It was done. Uh, it was like the Friday before spring break. The principal. Oh, wow. Do this, and you need to stay at least two hours after school on Friday uh, of spring break because that's when we want to do it. The kids are going to come back from spring break, and we're going to hit them with this. And uh, and so, mm-hmm. but people were up there, you know, till midnight working on it. And they were up there during spring wow. on it. And they, they, had, they had a big buy-in. Some didn't, of course. There were some that do it. Yeah. and. There's always some. It's driving me nuts. Oh, yeah. As a new teacher, it's driving me nuts. Well, sometimes, you know, sometimes they need to see it a couple of times and then and then see the reaction yeah. of the kids. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes, you know, they just themselves need a little bit more buy-in. So were the kids yeah. then like docents on the Titanic? Like were they, you know, 
explaining about all the different artifacts and what they do and the whole history behind it? No, that was kind of left to the classroom teacher when you went into your classroom and you could you could cover the Titanic stuff uh, to whatever extent you wanted to or or you know we didn't have to hit Titanic we could talk about anything under the sea. I, mm. I any lessons to it that we could make it just a thematic week about it and then uh it was that friday at the end of the week everything came down so it was gone you know it was wow. there and it was gone I, I said you know if you leave it up for the rest of the year it, it's not a special but if it was yeah it's mm-hmm. kind of like okay oh, did that really happen or is that a <laughs> yeah, that, wasn't that the Titanic last week? Well, okay. I always like those little pieces of paper in the corner that nobody could get down. I'd be like, "Oh yeah, remember that? And we did that thing, and we just never got that one little piece of paper back Only down." One of those down in the fifth grade hall. It was just bugging me to death. There's a little piece of paper hanging from the. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's a, well, maybe That's do our funny. maybe do our like last real question. You want to do our pep talk question? Yeah. Yeah. So um, our like final question for um, these kinds of interviews is um, if you had a time machine and you could travel back in time to your first year to, to visit yourself, um, maybe the first day that you started teaching or whatever, what kind of advice would you give yourself? Like a pep talk. Like a pep talk. Yeah. Yeah. Jinx. My advice would be to slow down. Stop and and don't think that you have to hit everything every day and not to worry about a schedule. You know, Mm. I love being self-contained and not switching classes with other people because I don't have to keep it up to a schedule. If a lesson is going well, it can it can keep going and I can change and change up my schedule. But but slow down and don't expect it. Everything that's on you know the the big thing is to stay with the pacing guide to stay with you know do what the district says to do what the school says to do and stay with that pacing guide everybody's on page 34 today you've got to be on page 34 but slow and do what it takes for your kids don't try to pack it all in one day don't try to don't try to keep your energy up constantly slow down and the kids will respond to that uh, was watching, you know, Mr. Rogers was great about that. He just mm. discovered early on that kids needed a slower pace. And, and these days, I think that's a, a, a huge thing where we're so fast in a fast pace. Yeah. That's great oh, advice. That's, that's, that's really good advice. Yeah. I think there, I think that's great advice for anyone teaching now, not even their first year. Yeah. Well, that's really awesome. Well, the, the questions mantra. we the questions we really wanted to get to was what was your favorite part of our Disney thing together, and what did you write in your Disney message that got you to Disney? Do you remember? You know, I did that, and I don't know if you were if I was talking to you or not, but I I forgot that I even entered that thing. I, I did too. Yeah, that was. Really- <laughs> I got the messages and thought, well, this is a scam. You know, they're fishing. They're trying to get some information from me, but and so I had to check it out and and do some research before I'd ever accept it. But yeah, I sent in a an activity where at the end of the year, in in that great year after COVID, I was able to pull out these Ozobots 
don't know if you've seen it. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh huh. They yeah. don't those, actually yeah. follow a line that you draw with a marker, and mm-hmm. then they'll do like you can do little coding lines in there where they will spin around or they will they will pause. They'll look left or right or they'll turn. And they'll they'll blink and do all these things based on how you draw the line. And I decided that I would have the kids choose something from our history lessons that we had done and make a dark ride. And we, of course, we went to, you know, Disney programs on on YouTube and watched some dark rides, watched Peter Pan's flight and what Mm -hmm. like that. And then they would make the scenes in the dark ride, and then we would have the Ozobots go through those scenes, those three-dimensional scenes that they made in this little area in the hall. Oh, that is really cool. And then they and it was all based on history. That is so neat. Yeah. So uh, we had done it before. We we, we did it based on some of the read-alouds that we had done in class. So I got them all Mm -hmm. different books. What a great idea. (laughs) And so that apparently was enough to get me to Disney, Scott. It didn't take much, as you can see from my side of things. So, so I have a couple of questions about this this dark ride idea. So, how big were the scenes that the um, the little robots would go through? Is it? I mean, clearly, it's probably box? bigger than a shoebox, yeah. right? Well, each scene. I, I guess you could compare each scene to a shoebox. They were able to spread it out. I had, you know, some big tables that we put paper on, and they were able to do their route, and then. Uh, put their three scenes and characters, and if they had any special effects, some of them had snow that they dropped on it, and uh, different special <laughs> effects that they did. Um, and so they, it took up a table, uh, like a long folding table, uh, for each group. Mm-hmm. Six of those. We had a great place in the hallway where we could spread out and keep it set up all the time, and then it wouldn't interrupt our class. We could go back to class and have regular stuff. But uh, during the last week. Cool. That was a great way to spend those days uh, out there. Have to be on. How many kids were in a group? Like four? Four. Four in a group. Okay. Very cool. And then what, how did, did you just give them like a bunch of cardboard and tissue paper and say, have at it? Or was there like a design process that they had to go through? Yeah. I said, uh, be creative. How do you think you want to do this? And we had tag board and we had, uh, I got brought in a bunch of boxes and uh, I was able to cut some shapes for them. They had to figure out how to stand up buildings and stand up characters and, and how to, where they would be placed so that the person on the ride would be able to see it uh, as they're going. And we mm-hmm. had some great ones. If, if, again, on the website, if you look at that, look up. Okay. I'm going to check that out. See what some of them turned out to be. All right. We'll put that on the show notes too for every, all the tribe listening. Yeah, to. absolutely. That's awesome. Well, does anybody else have any pressing thoughts or questions? No, that sounds amazing. How? So what now? No, what, what is your... Wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh, oh. I got I to okay. hear about that lion. Okay. So how did you... Because <laughs> that... What? what? Okay, yeah. tell us the lion story <laughs> on your way out, and then Jamie will give us the final question. Well, I, uh, I worked at this place that was an outdoor... Uh, park. We had elk, we had buffalo, we had uh, uh, bison, excuse me, uh, all native animals that would have been in the Oklahoma area or in the West, Western. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had uh, a big 10 acre lake, a half acre pond, a grist mill and, uh, and a restaurant that uh, and we had people come out and fish and stuff. So we had 
a license to have animals, wild animals. We had a, a mountain lion. We had, mm -hmm. And then uh, there was a guy who was going, he was going to be deployed in Iraq during the first war. And he, for some reason, had an African lion, a female African lion, full grown. And he's like, I'm leaving. Can you guys take care of it while I'm gone? What? <laughs> I mean, that happens I all the time the for in me. The car, yeah. You? yeah, typically. But, but right. In a much too small little cage that they brought her out. And that's where she stayed. Aww. They gave oh her so much meat every day to eat. It was crazy. But there was one day I was at yeah. And and they opened the gate and she had a collar, but that was it. And they opened the gate and she jumped up, put her huge, you know, dinner plate size paws on my shoulders, and her head was still a head above mine. A huge wrong mm. thing. And we just we wrestled around there. And I realized at one point that my hand was in her mouth. Now, I mean, fully out like I mean, the way I remember it up at this point is that it was in up to the elbow. <laughs> and and I'm sitting there consciously thinking, my inside the lion's mouth. Maybe I should take my hand out of the lion's mouth. And yeah, it might be a good idea. Yeah. Retracting my hand from the lion's <laughs> mouth, you know. And so it went through that process. And I thought, you know, she was the gentlest creature. Uh, just so cool to be able to, to have that power. Just right there. Wow. So I have to admit, if I wrestled anything, I would say that on the first day of school as well. Yes. Like I yeah. saw a squirrel the other day. We wrestled. I would just say <laughs> I wrestled a squirrel. It's just that would, that's how I would open too. It's like there was I like a stuffed animal of a, a lion and I wrestled that saying it. For There's sure. so many. All right, Jamie, you, you had a good question, Jamie. Well, my question is you've had this extraordinary career ended on this fantastic note so what's next for you in your retirement are you going to still be in education in some way shape or form i've got too much energy not to be in education right now and so I, i'm definitely i've got some irons in the fire right now this last year i was uh, the missouri history teacher of the year and oh, congratulations that congrats there have been some doors that have opened up because of that and uh, I am now, I'm teaching like for the Gilder Lerman Institute of American History in New York City. Uh, I'm wow. six week course this summer virtually. Uh, so we've I got, get all my free books mm -hmm. from them whenever they give away free Yeah, books. every month. Yep. Something. So, <laughs> as history teacher, they wanted, they said, you know, would you be interested in being a master teacher for us? And I was like, yeah, you know, would you be interested in doing this uh, teacher institute in D.C.? for a week well yeah put me on the list if that's an option and and so that's a contracted deal it's not a regular gig but it's it's something kind of cool then i got a call from the lincoln presidential uh foundation and uh, so i'm writing lessons for them uh, oh cool through wow. sixth graders and so that's i'm working on those right now it's like i haven't stopped to really realize that i'm not working <laughs> so that, that you're not, I'm not working, working I, anymore. Yeah. I think you need to write a book. I'm kind of feeling like you need to have a book of your crazy, wild adventures, like a picture book, and then uh, a book for all of us teachers so we can learn from you. Because I love books, and I just think that's a great idea. Okay, Jamie, you uh, have just fallen into my trap. Because, yeah, I, there, there are... <laughs> 
<laughs> there are books. I've got some uh, fictional books, fictionalized books about the tornado and about the bombing that are perfect. Oh, wow. Upper. They're already, they already exist? Intermediate grade level. Yes. Oh, my gosh. They're on Amazon. It's it's funny because I'm scrolling through your website and I saw that and I was going to say something about your books, but it was much better that Jamie stumbled I know. Into well, I'm, I did zero <laughs> prep on this, so yep. I'm like, everything's new. There is a teacher book in there with uh, some stuff that I would change now, but I wrote it a few years ago. Uh, it was just uh, suggestions for uh, from a master teacher, and it starts off with when I burned out. And, uh, mm. you know, and then says, you know, how to get over that and, and how to get yourself back from that mm -hmm. and all of that. So that's out there, too. Very cool. That's really awesome. Well, Dale, we're so glad you came on uh, and we're willing to jump on with us. I, I mean, there's you, you as Fabian would say, you are a treasure trove of information Absolutely. and experience that <laughs> everyone who's listening is going to benefit from. Yeah. It's just amazing to talk to someone who's had this many years of teaching experience and then also is so like, it's just fun to listen to you talk and to, to hear <laughs> your stories. It's so cool. So I can only imagine what it, what it must be like for students of yours. Um, so it was really, really awesome to have you on the show. I'm, I'm hoping to have you back at some point. You can tell us about all the things that you're still doing. Because I'm, it seems like you're not slowing down. Lots of stories. There's more. Yeah, it seems like you're just on your next phase, and you're just hitting the ground running. That's awesome. But thanks for. How about this? Next time you and I win an award together, we'll have you back on. It'll be great. Oh, let's <laughs> sooner than that. <laughs> oh, okay. Are you not plan? Wait, are you saying I'm not going to win an award anytime soon? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that, Scott. That might be a one and done for Probably you. Probably true. You know, I did. I was talking to some friends at baseball about, and I just got. I was just about to leave or something. They're like, "Wow, how long have you been teaching for?" And I was like, "Oh, you know, like two years." And they're like, "Oh." <laughs> two <laughs> and their looks on their faces are like, "What?" <laughs> so you know, they got to get some through. And I do have a lot of fun in the classroom, but it's because of teachers like. Jamie, Fabian, and Dale, now you, that inspire me to do engaging things in the classroom. And hopefully those that are listening try too. So, uh, Tribe, we're really glad you joined us today. Thanks for being a part of um, our podcast today. Share us, like us, check out the show notes, and uh, we'll see you next time on Finding Our Tribe. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You can say bye. Okay, yeah, there you go. <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs>